Chapter 20 Three hours had passed before Casey's cell phone rang with the call he'd been waiting for. Pulling it out of the pocket of his cargo shorts, he glanced at the caller ID, then answered it. T3, talk to me. We're a mile up the beach. Ready when you are. Striding to the windows overlooking the beach, he picked up a pair of high-range binoculars. Okay, give me a few minutes to clear the way. I'll call you when we're ready to go. Earlier, they had spotted one of the men from the SUV sitting on the beach, wearing black jeans, boots, and a t-shirt. If he was trying to act as if he belonged, he was failing miserably. His clothes and mannerisms screamed, I'm not from around here, and I'm up to no good. The other two jackasses were still in the vehicle parked a half a block away, on the side of the road in front of an empty house for sale. From that vantage point, they were only able to view the front of the cottage and the end of the driveway, not further up where Casey's car was parked. Having changed into jeans, a t-shirt, and a baseball cap, Brian was now two blocks away from them, sitting in his own dark blue Dodge Ram truck. Bringing up the sheriff in his contact list, Casey called the sheriff and asked him to send the beach patrol over to get rid of the guy watching the house from the shoreline. It was a good 15 minutes before he saw the bright yellow truck with an overhead light bar rolling south across the sand toward their intended target. The sheriff had warned his men to act as if everything was fine, and the only reason they were kicking the guy off the beach was that he was in a private residential section. Once KC received the word from Brian all three men were in their vehicle, he contacted his teammates and informed them the coast was clear. Literally. Make it quick, he added, and then turned to Mariah. Are you ready? I guess so. Even if the quiver in her voice hadn't clued him in, her anxiety was written all over her face. Placing his hands on her shoulders, he looked her straight in the eye. Everything's going to be okay. The boys and I do stuff like this all the time, but usually not here in the good old U.S. of A. Hang tight at Uncle Dan's, and we'll let you know when we have everything wrapped up here. I promise this is all going to work out. He sent a silent prayer up that it was one promise he didn't have to break. Drawing her in for one last kiss before she left, he ignored the fact his uncle and brother were in the room and poured all his love into it. Never had he been more confident this was the woman for him, and he would do whatever it took to protect her. Not wanting to let her go, but knowing it was necessary to keep her safe, he pulled away from her. He stared into her Caribbean blue eyes and whispered, I love you. She smiled. I love you too. Please be careful. I always am, he swore. Now, wait here until we're ready for you. Mariah nodded, and he walked out the door to the deck. Spotting two ATVs zooming down the beach, he descended the stairs to the patio below him. The ATVs stopped on the beach side of the dunes, and two figures walked up the path toward him. The first person was T3, dressed in tan cargo shorts and a green long-sleeved t-shirt carrying a large black duffel bag. The second was Rigby Banks, wearing gray sweatpants and a black zippered sweatshirt with a hood pulled loosely over his head, effectively hiding his face from anyone looking at him from a distance. He was carrying two duffels. Both men shook Casey's hand and then followed him up into the house. T3 shook hands with Sean and then Mariah before dropping his duffel on the dining table to unload it. When Casey introduced Peanut to Mariah, 
The smaller man smiled and greeted her with his usual southern accent. Nice to meet you, ma'am. He then turned to Sean and held out his hand. Long time no see, my friend. Sean took the other man's hand. It's good to see you, Riggs. We appreciate the help. No problem. I'm always up for a dirty good time. Mariah's shock was evident when Peanut quickly started shedding his clothes and then relieved when she saw he had shorts and a t-shirt on underneath. He handed her the sweats. Here, put these on. This is where you become me and I become you. At her dubious look, he reached into one of the bags he dropped on the floor and pulled out a wig with long, straight black hair. It was very close to Mariah's hairstyle, and she laughed. As she was pulling the sweats on over her own clothes, Peanut said, Don't worry, I brought my own girly clothes to change into. He grinned wildly as he added, But I wouldn't mind going through your unmentionables. She laughed even harder when Casey growled from where he stood beside her. If you do, I'll fucking kill you myself. When she finished getting dressed, Casey pulled the hood over her head and around her face. She stared up at him. Be careful, please. He brushed her cheek with his thumb, trying to soothe her worry. I will. Now, let's get you out of here. Toby will take you up the beach to his truck and drive you over to Dan's. Stay out of sight until you hear from me. She nodded, went up on her toes to give him a swift kiss, and then she was out the door with T3 flanking her. Glancing at Peanut, KC had to laugh. No matter how many times he'd seen his teammate in a drag disguise, it still fucking tickled him. By now, the man was used to the razzing he received from the other SEALs and always took it good-naturedly. Dressed in hot pink sweatpants and a zip-up jacket, the SEAL had added a moderately stuffed push-up bra to give him the figure of a woman. Striding toward the hallway bathroom, he carried the wig he would expertly apply. When all was said and done, and a big pair of women's sunglasses were added, the man could definitely pass as Mariah, when viewed from the back and at a distance. Hopefully, it was all they needed to convince the bad guys Mariah was still at the cottage. Entering the living room again, Peanut struck a pose and batted his eyes at his teammate as he spoke in a falsetto voice. See something you like, big boy? Frowning, Casey's eyes narrowed at the other man. Knock it off, Snookums. It wasn't long before T3 returned to the cottage, via the beach, with trouble in tow. They'd hidden the ATVs between the dunes of a currently unoccupied house a few lots north. Troy Trouble Mason was six foot one and tipped the scales at 200 pounds on the nose. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed, 27-year-old was a playboy in both looks and personality and had women of all ages throwing themselves at him everywhere he went. Whenever he was asked how he got his call sign, the explosives expert would respond, because I rain trouble down on the enemy before they ever see us coming. Once they were all settled in the cottage, Casey called the sheriff and asked him to tell the beach patrol unit to leave the area. Sitting on the sand, Leo kept an eye on the house where they'd seen Mariah with four other men. Knowing one was a cop and seeing another one with a gun in a shoulder holster, had been the only thing that had kept him from shooting and killing them all. Well, that, and he needed the bitch alive to find out where the bag of money was. The two goons were sitting back in the truck, watching the house from the road. While he hated the sand getting all over him, it was better than being in a closed space with Goon One farting up a fucking storm. 
Movement north of the house caught his eye, and he watched the truck as it approached him, tossing up sand as it drove down the shoreline. When the vehicle stopped next to him, he saw a black shark logo and beach patrol on the side panels. The occupants were two uniformed men, and the driver rolled down his window. Sorry, sir, but this is a private beach. Someone called the dispatchers to say there was a non-resident sitting out here. You'll have to leave. Leo stood, but didn't approach the truck. Eyeballing the beach house, he asked, Who called it in? I don't know, sir. The dispatcher didn't pass on that information. But you still have to leave the area. There's a public beach about a half mile south of here you're welcome to enjoy. Okay, thanks. He slowly walked back toward the house he'd been sitting behind, two lots down from where his target was. The pathway between the dunes, which led to the patio and driveway, was the same route he had used to gain entry to the beach. When he reached the dunes, he glanced over his shoulder and was disappointed to notice the patrol had parked their vehicle next to a nearby jetty and appeared to be settling in to eat lunch. Continuing along the path to the home's driveway, he then made his way across the street to the explorer. Goon One, sitting in the passenger seat, glared at him as he climbed into the back. What are you doing back here? Got kicked off the fucking beach by a patrol. Gotta wait for them to finish their lunch and leave before I can go back. When the man sneered in disgust at him, Leo wished he could put a bullet in the asshole's head. Maybe when this was all over, he'd do it just for kicks. An hour after being kicked off the beach, with the beach patrol vehicle gone, their little friend from Chicago had taken up his post on the beach again. This time, however, he sat a bit further away on a jetty. Brian called KC to alert him to the fact the other two men had abandoned their surveillance, driven into town, and stopped at the local deli. It wasn't long before they returned with their lunch and parked in the same spot along the roadway. Now, as T3, Trouble, and Sean waited inside, Casey and Mariah stepped out onto the porch, careful to remain at an angle so the man on the beach could only see Pina from behind. They stood close together at the railing for a few minutes and engaged in a meaningless conversation. Sean exited the cottage a few moments later with his carry-on luggage and briefcase, which now contained two communication headsets, and made a show of saying goodbye. As he headed down the stairs toward the street where his rental car sat, Casey and Peanut went back into the house. Trouble was observing the man on the beach through the window blinds. He's making a phone call, probably telling his buddies Mariah and you are still here and are alone now. As Peanut removed his wig and changed into black tactical clothes, Casey sat on the couch and made himself comfortable, despite his desire to get this mess over with. Great. Sean will circle around and meet up with Brian. If these guys are the idiots I think they are, only two of them will try to get into the house, and one will stay behind in the SUV for a quick getaway. We'll take them down in here, and my brothers will take out the driver. Sheriff Griffin has agreed to keep his patrols off our road, unless there's an emergency. Brian will notify him when the action begins. The men attach their comm sets to their ears, with the small microphones parallel to their cheekbones. They were all ready, and now just had to wait until dark, and then, hopefully, the bad guys would make their move.